I'm excited to be here this morning. I'm really excited about today. This is a, a cool day. We have been in a series of messages now, you know this, for a few weeks. And we've been talking about our church. And if you're a guest with us today, we're talking about Heartland. And, uh, but I don't want you to get discouraged because I want you to know that the things in, that we're talking about and the principles that we're talking about, uh, if you go to another church somewhere, you can take these back and, and share with your church, hey, we ought to maybe do something like this and get excited about the same kind of things and everything that we talk about is based on scripture, so you can always learn from God's word, right? So uh, we're excited about this series, and so far we have talked about moving forward together. We talked about how we as a church need to move forward together, how important it is for us all to be on the same, uh, you know, the, the same direction, traje trajectory, and all that kind of stuff. We've talked about uh, what a vision is and why it's important to have a vision, and then we talked about our actual vision here at Heartland. And so today we're going to be um, looking at something called our mission today. And a mission is different than a vision. Uh, remember, a vision is a picture of our future. We talked about what we would like to look like in the future. I gave you a definition of a vision when we were uh, looking at this. I said a vision is a preferred future. It's a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. And so uh, when we talk about vision, we're talking about a mental picture of what we believe the future should look like for our church. Well, our mission is something different. Our mission really is a short statement that can be easily memorized that talks about how we're going to accomplish the vision. What are we going to do? How are we going to go about accomplishing it? If someone walks up to you and says, what is your church all about? Well, you're, you know, you're hanging out at a coffee shop and you get to talking and, and, and church comes up and someone goes, well, you, okay, you go to Heartland. Well, well, what is that place all about? Well, your mission <clears throat> is that short little statement that you can give them that sort of tells them, gives them an elevator pitch about what we're all about. Now, if you've been coming to Heartland for any time, you know that when every single week when we start our services, and usually sometime during the service, and, and, and in things that we print and produce and on our website and all of those kind of things, we say this, we exist to connect with God, say it with me, connect with others and connect in service. And that's what we're about at Heartland, right? We have been about that for a long time. We have said that for a long time. Well, today is the last time we're going to say that. Today, our mission statement changes. And this is a big deal because this is something that has been around for a long time. For us, uh, we had, had three mission statements, uh, two, and now with our new one, I'm going to share with you in a moment. But when we first started Heartland, back when you saw the video with Gary and me talking about when we started Heartland um, and uh, just talking about reminiscing there, uh, here was our, our initial mission statement. Find those who need Jesus, feed them on the word of God until they're fully established in Christ. Sounded a little cannibalistic, didn't it? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, but, but it was, it, we actually borrowed that from a church that I attended where, when I was in seminary. And then down the road somewhere, and I don't exactly remember where, we changed it. Uh, you know, I think when we were over by Gold's Gym, we changed that to connect with God, connect with others, connect in, in service. Well, over the last year, as I said, our staff behind the scenes, we have been talking about Heartland. We've been talking about our future as we move into a new decade. We've been talking about what we, what we would like to see God do. 
And, and we begin to talk about how we accomplish that. And so we begin to think about our mission statement. And, and we begin to think that maybe that statement's a little bit broad in our culture today. And, and I want you to understand that for a moment. Think about this term for a moment. Connect with God. That can mean a lot of things to a lot of people in our culture today, can it? I mean, you know, people can say, oh, connect with God, you know, and you know, who is God? What is God? And, 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 you know, how do I connect with him? Do I, do I have a, does that, is that a relationship with Jesus that I connect with God with? Or do I just go sit on a mountain and go, hmm, connect with God? And what do I do? So we begin to think about that. We wanted to be more specific, and we wanted something that was very, very scriptural. We wanted our, our, our mission for our church to come directly from God's word. So today I'm going to share a brand new mission statement with you. You're going to hear this from now on all the time. Everything we do at this place will be fueled by this mission. You're going to hear it from the stage. You're going to see it on our new website. You're going to hear it in print, everything. You're going to be hearing this when you're at the coffee shop and someone says, so you go to Heartland, tell me what that church is all about. Tell me what's so special about Heartland Church. This is what I want you to tell them. This is the new mission. At Heartland Church, we exist to love Jesus and to love each other and to love our world. That's what we exist for. Now, that may seem like, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, it's a real big deal. And, and, and we exist to love Jesus. When you say you exist to love Jesus, that's a lot different than saying we exist to connect with God. That tells you how we connect with God and who God is and, who, and what we're supposed to be focused on. And we're supposed to be focused on Jesus. You can't be a Christian if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. We exist to love Jesus and to love each other and to love our world. And if you've been wondering why we call this series Love Lives Here, well, love lives here because we love Jesus and love each other and love our world. And love lives here. And when you go to our new website, it's going to say love lives here on the website. And so we want this to be all about love. We want to be the primary thing in our church, to, and we want people to know that we're about love. Now, I'm not saying that we're about, hey, it's all about love, you know, and, and that, that we sacrifice our convictions or we change our theology or anything. I'm not saying that at all. No, we stand on the truth of God's Word, and we will always stand on the truth of God's Word, but we exist to love Jesus and to love each other and to love our world. And that is our new mission statement, and that's an exciting thing for, for the church. And, 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 if you, and, and if you've been wondering about the sermon title, because I was thinking all through this sermon series, now maybe you don't even think about stuff like this, but I do because I write this stuff, right? So I've been thinking all through this, people are probably going, that sermon title doesn't, a series title doesn't match anything you're preaching about. Well, now you know why. Okay, it does make sense. I'm not crazy. Okay, just want you to know. Okay, but we want one thing to be the driving force behind everything we do, and we want to make that thing love. Now, why is that important? Why is this important? And why did we go to great lengths and have big discussions and have meetings about this and talk about this? And we went through a number of different statements and, and when we came up with this. Well, it's because when Jesus was asked what the most important thing was, he said this, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So if those things are the things that Jesus said are the most important, 
I think we need to be doing them. Don't you? Don't you think those should be important to us? We want to make sure that we're going about his work in a way that brings him glory. And our mission should align with the things that God says is important or are important. And so the way we state our mission should be clear about what's important. So if anyone asks what Heartland's about, what are you going to tell them? We exist to what? Love Jesus, love each other, and love our world. And, and, and that speaks volumes. And then hopefully you'll dig in and you'll learn a little bit. Today I'm going to tell you a little bit about what that looks like. And, and hopefully you'll learn some of this stuff so you can have conversations with people about what that means. So, I, you know, for the sake of time today, I cannot possibly, for the sake of time, go into all the detail about this that I could go into. And, uh, but I want you to see why these things are important. So I've taken some verses and, and, and reached into Scripture to show you that we have scriptural support for this. And it's not just something that we came up with, but this is something directly from God's Word. So the first thing that we say in our, in our mission statement is that we exist to love Jesus. We exist to love Jesus. Well, why do we love Jesus? I mean, why is it necessary to say that? Well, because number one is because He is God and we're created by Him and for Him. You know, in Colossians 1, 15 and 16, the Word of God says, He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. You see, it's all about Jesus. You know, God sent his son to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins, and, and he, he exalted him and he lifted him up. And, and we are to worship and to praise and to honor and exalt our king. And his name is Jesus. So he's, he's, we are created by him and for him. And another thing is that he has provided, Jesus has provided the only way that our sins can be forgiven and that we can be made right with God. It, the only way. In Acts 4.12, the scriptures tell us that, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You cannot be saved apart from a personal relationship with Jesus. You can't get to heaven apart from a personal relationship with Jesus. There is no other name under heaven by which a person can be saved. Nobody will do it for you. Not some guru. Not Buddha. Not, not somebody like that. No, there's only one name. You have to call on the name of Jesus to be saved. And so that's important to understand that. He's provided the only way that our sins can be forgiven and we can be made right with God. And then he's provided a way for us to have eternal life as well. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, there's no way to get to heaven if we don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I know our culture says things a little differently, but I want to tell you, I want to be real clear to everybody. But listen, there are, all paths do not lead to God. There's one path, and his name is Jesus. And that's the path that leads to God. And I want you to hear that. That's so important to understand. There aren't two paths. There, there's not even one more path. There's only one, and his name is Jesus. Well, how do we love Jesus? We say that we exist to love Jesus. How do we love him? Well, one, we, we believe in who he is and what he's done. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We have to embrace that message. We have to believe in who he is. We have to believe that Jesus is God who came to earth in the form of a man and died on a cross for our sins. And that only by accepting the sacrifice, what he did on the cross, putting our faith and our trust in him, can we be saved. We have to believe in who he is and what he's done. That's where we start loving him. And then we have to accept him as Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 9 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, we have to believe. We have to put our faith and our trust in Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior. That's how we love him. We, we, we believe in who he is and what he did, but we have to accept him. It's one thing just to believe, okay, that's who that guy is, but it's another thing to say, no, that's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and I'm going to put my life under submission to him, and, and I'm going to put myself under his control, and I'm going to accept him and put my faith and trust in him. And, and so we need to accept him as Lord and Savior. But then when we accept him as Lord and Savior, no, this is where it gets a little sticky for us, right? We have to follow him. You know, so it's not just enough to accept him. If we're going to love him, if we really love him, we're going to follow him, right? In John 10, 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The question is, are you a sheep? Or are you a goat? Right? Or if you're a sheep, you're going to follow the shepherd. A goat's just going to climb on top of that old car and eat something he shouldn't. Okay, so, so we, we need to, to follow Jesus. We need to dig into the word and find out what does he say? What, what does he say to us? What does he ask us to do? How, what does he want us to be like? What, what's important to him? And, and we need to find that out and we need to follow him. And, and listen, here's that word that we don't like to hear sometimes, it, it's, it's, but, but we need to hear it. We need to obey him. You know, we, we need to follow him, but we need to obey him. And, and John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that's one of the ways we love Jesus is we obey him. And you see, sometimes when we're following Jesus, sometimes we're going to open up the word of God and we're going to look in the word of God. And then we're going to, and the Bible says it sort of, it, in James, it says it reflects back and it's like looking into a mirror. And sometimes when you open the Bible and you look in it, you're going to look into the Bible and you're going to see something that makes you real uncomfortable. But you know what, but you got to look at it and you got to say, that's the word of God. And that's God's instruction for my life. And that's how I'm supposed to live. And that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's what I'm supposed to look like. So I need, I may need to change something, but we need to obey. We need to follow him and we need to obey. And, and, be, and listen, let, let's be real clear. When we look into the word of God, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and it doesn't change. So, so when you look in the Word of God, it pretty much says the same thing to all of us. It's not different for you than it is for somebody else. If it says something's wrong, it is wrong. Okay, if it says something's okay, it's okay. If it says you ought to do it, you ought to do it. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. It, 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 you know, so we need to obey. That's really an important thing. And, and you know the great. And sometimes people get all hung up on that, and they get you know, oh gosh, I don't like that word obey, and and, and that just sounds kind of rough. But let me just tell you something. Here's what I found out in my life now, and, and you can try it out for yourself if you know, give you know, give it a shot. But here's the deal: when I follow him, and when I obey him, it just doesn't get better than that. It, it's not some some harsh, strict, rigid thing. I have freedom in my Savior. In Christ. I have freedom in Christ. 
But, but, but I have the Holy Spirit living in me to guide me day in and day out. And, and when I obey him, I find out that life works a whole lot better. Matter of fact, I can pretty much tell you that most of the times in my life when I didn't obey him, I always had a mess. How about you? You ever know that? Yeah, I mean, pretty much when you're getting a mess, next time you're in a real mess, go, okay, where did, oh, there it is. I, I didn't do what he said. Counseling 101. You could just save yourself some bucks in counseling. Just figure out where you messed up. Why, why did you not obey? Anyway, so we obey God. But it's not about just loving Jesus. We also love each other. He said that love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we need to love each other. Now, why do we love each other? Why, why, do, we, why do we love each other? Well, Jesus says it's a priority. That's one reason, because if we're going to follow him and if we're going to obey him, he says this is a priority, to love each other. Listen to this, Mark 12, 30, and 31. I just read it a moment ago. And you shall love the Lord your God. That's what we were talking about a moment ago. With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no, uh, no other commandment greater than these. And then there's another verse in John 13, 34. It says, a new commandment I give you. Jesus is saying there's something, there's a new commandment. That you love one another. Just as I loved you, you're also to love one another. You know, well, you know one of the things that we need to understand is that loving each other is really important. And, and, and you know, we, we love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We, we love each other. And that's what we're talking about here. We, as a church, we love each other. We love believers everywhere. We, we, we love the body of Christ. Anyone who's put their faith and trust in Jesus, we love each other. And, and now we're going to unpack this a little later. We're going to be talking about this in a, in a future sermon. We'll be talking about our values, and we're going to really unpack this in a lot more detail. But, we, you know, when you love somebody, you're, you're, you know, you care about that person. And, and you're, you're kind to that person if you genuinely love that person. You have their best interest at heart when you love somebody, right? I mean, you want the best for them. You want to be there for them. When they're down, you want to lift them up. When, when they're going through a tough time, you want to encourage them. You know, you want to be there for them. And, and so we exist to love each other. And as a family, as a church family, as a local body of believers, you know, I want to focus on us for a moment. We need to love each other. There's enough bad stuff going on out there. There's enough people to tell you that, that you're not worth anything. There's enough people out there that tell you that, 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 that you don't have what it takes. There's enough people out there to, to, to push you down. There's enough people out there that want to compete with you all the time. There's enough people out there that want to elevate themselves and, and push you down in the process. There's no room for that in the church, in the body of Christ. We ought to love each other and lift each other up. We ought to do that. Man, we ought to be in the body of Christ. We ought to be looking around. And even in our local church, we ought to be looking around. And when we see somebody that's hurting, and when we see somebody that's in need, man, we ought to be rushing to that need. We ought to be doing, we're going to be, like I said, we're going to be talking about this more a little later on. But I'm just telling you, we need to come to the rescue of those people in our family that are struggling and hurting. We need to do that. And so we need to love each other. Jesus tells us it's a priority. And listen, something else, it affects our relationship with God. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves God or loves has been born of God and knows God. But listen to this. And anyone who does not love does not know God. Uh-oh. 
Man, do does, does you, does you hear what that said? I mean, if we don't love, if we don't express love, then we don't know God. And we can say we're a Christian. We can say we've put our faith and our trust in Jesus. But if we're not loving our brothers and sisters, we're just talking out of both sides of our mouth. We've got to love. This is something that we're commanded to do. It's something that we're told that we, that we need to do. And also, we, we, you know that we're most like God when we're loving other people. We're most like him. In 1 John 4, 8, it says anyone who does not know God, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is what? Love. God is love. So you and I are supposed to be like Jesus, right? We're supposed to emulate him. We're supposed to try to become more and more like him every day of our life as we grow. And, and remember, we learned that word sanctification a while back about growing our relationship with Christ. We need to always be growing and becoming more Christ-like. And you see, we, we just read that God, what is, what is God? If you sum God up in a word, God is love. So we need to embody that as well. We need to be people of love. We need to love each other. That's a critical part of, of what we should do as believers. Because God said that. Love the Lord your God with all the heart, your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And listen, you know as well as I do, you love yourself pretty good, pretty well. You, you, you do. If I were to take you out right now and there was a train coming, and I were to lay you down on the tracks and tie you up and walk off, You'd start trying to get off the tracks. You'd be rolling around, flipping around, trying to get untied. You'd be doing everything. You know why? Because you love yourself, right? You love yourself. And, and, and you know, that's why, when, that's why, ladies, that's why you go get petties and manis. You love yourself. You love yourself. And, and, and you know, that, that's why, you know, you, you want to have that car that you want to drive. That's why you want to have that thing and do this thing and do that thing and why you like to go there and why you love yourself. We all love ourselves. And you know what? We're supposed to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. So can you do that? That's the important thing. We need to do that. We need to love each, each other. How do we love each other? By understanding what genuine love looks like. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. You need to write that down. Put it on your refrigerator. You need to memorize it. You need to look at it. You need to read it every single day and try to live your life that way. And if you'll do that, you'll be a person of love. But we also need to trust the Holy Spirit to help us. Uh, that's another way that we love each other. Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not push us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, you have everything inside of you that you need to love other people. You have it. God's given you the tools. He's given you everything you need to love others. And we also love others by living in community. Acts 2, 44 through 45 says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were, will, were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had 
needs. And that's what I was talking about a moment ago about living in community. Now, I'll be talking about this in more detail in a, in a couple of weeks, but, but that's not talking a bit saying that you got to go out and sell everything you got and all that kind of stuff. But here's what it is saying. It's saying that we ought to love each other enough that we ought to be willing that if we see somebody really hurting and really in need and we have an abundance, we ought to take a little of our abundance and we ought to help that person in need. And it's also saying that if that means even selling something that you don't really need to help somebody in need, you ought to be willing to do it. Because here's the deal. It's not about you. It's about love. It's about loving those people like God loved you. And he loved you so much he crawled up on a cross and died for you. He gave everything for you. How much do we give for other people? It's amazing. Sometimes. But then the next thing we see is that we need to love our world. Now, we chose our words carefully here because initially we kind of said, and we want to love the world. But then we started thinking, well, what does it mean to love the world? No, nope, the Bible says not to love the world and the things in the world, right? So we're not going to love the world, but we're going to love our world because we're part of the world. Okay, we're not going to love the world. We're not going to love the culture. We're not going to love the things that are going on. We're not going to love the things that are not God-honoring and not lifting up and exalting our Savior. But we're going to love our world that God has placed us in, and we're going to engage the culture with the love of Jesus. That's what we need to do. So we need to love our world. Jesus instructed us to. That's why we do it. He said, go therefore, in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. So Jesus said, we need to go into all the world. We're to love our world. We're to love them. And why? Because he instructed us to. And then also because everyone in the world, listen to this now, every single person in the world needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You see, the only way that anyone can be made right with God is through a relationship with Jesus. Acts 4.12 says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He is the only way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. John 14.6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, how do we love our world? How do we love our world? Well, first of all, we need to understand what our world means. That, that means those people that are near, that means your next door neighbor. You know, so often we think about our world, we think about going to Zimbabwe or, or Uganda or somewhere like that. That's really important. We're supposed to go there and share the gospel. But I've got some news for you. There aren't a whole bunch of y'all that go to those places. But you can go next door. You can tell your neighbor about Jesus. And that's our mission field starts there. That's part of our world. Part of our world is the person in line at, at the grocery store. Part, part of our world is the person at the ballpark. It's anybody that's out there. And, and so we need to understand that it's those that are near and those that are far. Acts 1.8 
says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And we're gonna talk about this more again down the road in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That means at home in a little wider area and then even to the ends of the earth. We're to love our world. So what is it, how do we do it? We understand what our world means and then we become God's witnesses in our world. Mark 16, 15 says we, we do that in word. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. We need to be sharing Jesus with everybody we can share Jesus with. People close and people far. In any way and by any means that we can. And we need to do it indeed. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, you do it all for the glory of God. So we got to go to the ends of the earth. So we love Jesus. We exist to love Jesus. And we exist to love each other. And we exist to love our world. So there you have it. That's our mission. That's what we're about at this place. That's how we're going to carry out that vision we talked about. If you miss, miss that, go back to heartchurch.org and check it out. But, but, we, but we, we're going to accomplish the vision through this mission. And I, and I hope that this has given you at least, these passages have given you at least a basic understanding of what we're trying to accomplish and what we're about. Because we exist to love Jesus and to love each other and to love our world. And if we will buy in, and if you will buy in, and if we will all live our lives by this statement, if we will get this right, if you will get this right in your life, then together we can say, with, without blinking, with, without questioning it, we can say about this place, at least this place, love lives here. Now, <clears throat> you know, if you're here today and you, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, not, not, before, I, before I do this, before, I'm, I'm going to talk to you for a minute about how to have a relationship with Jesus real quick. But before I do that, I want to share something with you. Do not get up out of your chair. If you've got to go to the restroom right now, I'm sorry I just messed up your program. But, 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 but listen, don't get out of your chair. Because normally, this is the time of the service when the service ends. Our service isn't near over, and there's something really cool coming, and you don't want to miss it. We've rearranged everything today. You notice we only sang one song, I came out here to preach. We got more music. We got some other things that are going on. You do not want to leave. Service isn't over yet, but I still want to give you the opportunity that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, to have one. Because you see, that's where it starts. Believing in him, who he is and what he did putting your faith and your trust in Him, following Him and being obedient to Him. And if you're here today and you've never done that, I would invite you today to pray. Right now, close your eyes. And if you're sincere about this and genuine, you pray with me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And God, I, I need you in my life. And so right now, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of my unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer and you were sincere and genuine, we have the promise of scripture that he has saved you. And here's the deal. We got a lot more to go in the service. And, and, and as this is all going on today, you can go back to the back at the end 
and, and still meet with the people on our prayer team if you need this, someone to pray with or whatever. You still come up to the crosses and put prayer requests on the crosses and you can still pray. You do the things we normally do. But everything's out of whack a little bit in order today. So stick around. Something cool's coming.